Histories with it, a podcast that explores the what if during historical events. I am your host, the Dr. Philip Reese, alongside Pug, the Parallel Universe Generator. Pug, say hello. Hello, world. And Pug, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Doctor. What about yourself? So far, 2020 has been pretty peachy. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Pug, Pug is a computer program created just for this podcast. If it wasn't for Pug, I would not be able to produce all of those fantastic parallel universes. And what if scenarios? An example of a show we did last year, just in case if you're new to us, off the top of my head, okay, what if Barack Obama was assassinated in 2012? I enter that information alongside other historical information around that same time period into Pug. Thank you, Pug. Pug then formulates a parallel universe based off on that information. And then I read off that parallel universe to you, the audience, using bullet points Pug creates. So thank you, Pug. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you do not miss any new episodes. We drop a new one every single Monday. And speaking of Monday, depending on when you're listening to this, it is MLK Day or Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I thought that was going to be a fantastic opportunity to do a what if episode on Dr. Martin Luther King. If you have not guessed yet, yes, this episode is going to be what if Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was not assassinated in 1968. Again, what if Martin Luther King Jr. was not assassinated in 1968? Now, I already put this information into Pug, and hopefully Pug is almost done calculating. Pug? What if Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was not assassinated? In 1968, Project 58111. Calculations complete. Well, thank you, Pug. I am going to go ahead and grab those bullet points. I may grab a little bit of coffee as well, too. And we will be right back. Talk to you soon. Thank you again for these bullet points. As we begin this episode, what if Dr. Martin Luther King was not assassinated in 1968? A little bit of background of Dr. King, just in case you're unfamiliar with him. King was born on January 15th, 1929. He was the most visible spokesperson and leader of the civil rights movement from 1955 up until he was assassinated in 1968, he led many a boycotts and protests, one beginning in 1955 with the Montgomery bus boycott. He gave his infamous speech in 1963 during the March on Washington when he delivered the I Have a Dream speech. Yes, he did win a Nobel Peace Prize and always believed in nonviolence. In the mid to late 60s before his assassination, he did start to move away from civil rights 
and go more towards human rights. And there is a huge difference between the two. Also, he started to alienate many of his liberal allies in 1967 when he started to speak out against the Vietnam War. Beforehand, he was kind of hush with the war. But later on in the 60s, he did begin to speak out. And of course, in 1968, before his death, he was going to start a campaign called the Poor People's Campaign. Unfortunately, he was assassinated on April 4th in Memphis, Tennessee. And many riots, they broke out after his death. His killer, James Earl Ray, it's always kind of funny. Assassins, they always have three names. He was convicted and he did die in jail in 1998 and that is where pug is going to make a small change in the timeline pug is saying that yes king still went to memphis tennessee to help support a strike that was happening in the city king still stayed at the same hotel in this parallel timeline just like in the current timeline james Ray, he still went to memphis with the intent to kill King. In fact, Pug is saying that he was still able to get a room in a building across the street from the motel, and he was able to hide out there and wait for the opportunity to take his shot. And according to Pug, on April 4th, 1968, at around 5.57 p.m., King in his entourage, left room 306, the same room that King was staying in in this current timeline, and they were just chatting on the balcony. About four minutes later, James Earl Ray, he was in position, and he was ready. With King in the scope of a Remington rifle, Ray gently squeezed the trigger shooting off one round and it struck King in his upper right shoulder not his right cheekbone like in this current timeline and it did not hit any major arteries so again in this parallel universe Pug is saying that yes he still was hit with a bullet but it was on his upper right shoulder not his right cheekbone and no major arteries were hit. Now the shot, it did cause King to fall back on the ground. And his crew, they started to surround him and fear that more gunfire was going to come, but that was not the case. King was rushed to St. Joseph's Hospital, where he was checked in at 6.20 p.m. The shot was not fatal. The shot was non-fatal. It was just a graze on the very top of his shoulder. It did break skin, but it was non-lethal. News did break of the assassination attempt a little bit later on. For fear of riots, after the attempt on his life, King, he held a press conference wearing the same clothes, the same clothes that he did during the failed assassination attempt on the steps of the hospital. 
And after just a mere 90 minutes of being checked in, he gave a message to the people. That message was, Busters shot me five times real inward. Don't die. Can you hear me? Busters shot me five. Pug, this is Tupac, not Martin Luther King. Is this like a joke? Or Oh, ha, 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 April Fool's. It's not April yet, Pug. It's still it's January. What's wrong with your programming? Oh, here we go right here. Sorry about that, folks. Not funny, Pug. Anyway, the message was, yes, there was an attempt on my life, but we walk with God. I know you're angry and I know you want to act out, but please do not break the peace. And that night, there were no riots. As for James Earl Ray, witnesses did see him fleeing from the rooming house across the street from the motel where he was rooting at the time. He fled to Atlanta in his Mustang, driving for about 11 hours. There he picked up some of his final belongings and he headed to Canada. But at the border, he was not able to cross. He was then arrested on charges of attempted murder in the first He was convicted and he had to serve life in prison. Now, let's talk about the aftermath. Martin Luther King is still alive in this parallel timeline. The first thing he started to do was he continued to move away from civil rights and go more towards human rights. As well as he did lead the plan protest that was going to happen in Washington, which was called the Poor People's Campaign. In our current timeline, only 3,000 people showed up. But because King was still alive, over 20,000 people participated in this campaign on Washington. On Washington. There were thousands of tents erected all across the Washington Mall. The campaign was planned for six weeks and it started on May 12th, 1968. And it was supposed to end on June 27th. Following the words of Dr. King, people came in mule carts, old trucks, pretty much any transportation they could find with signs saying, we are here, we are poor, we don't have any money, he made us this way, and we're here, to come and stay until you do something about it. Richard Nixon, who was running for the 1968 presidential election, he stated that Congress should not do anything about this and they should not give in to the demands. Robert F. Kennedy, who was also running for president at the time, he supported the campaign. In fact, he believed that this was going to shift focus back on the poor and away from the Vietnam War. The current president at the time, President Johnson, he gave his support as long as there was peace kept. And King, he did give him some assurance. But President Johnson still had a backup plan just in case violence did break out. And he called it Plan B. 
J. Edgar Hoover, director of the FBI at the time, he saw this as a gateway to communism. His plan was to plant spies in the camps in D.C. and try to initiate a riot. On the morning of June 4th, 1968, at 2.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Operation Black Reds, led by the FBI, was a go. What was Operation Black Reds? An undercover FBI agent that was located in the camps staged a fight with an FBI-friendly police officer. It was all staged, the whole confrontation. Other officers, they joined in this confrontation not knowing that it was staged, not knowing that this was all planned by the FBI. But by that time, other people that were there during the campaign, they started to join in. And as you can imagine, about 15 minutes later, all hell broke loose at these camps. Tear gas started to rain all over the masses. People began throwing rocks at the cops who were in full riot gear at the time because Johnson had this backup plan where if anything started to go awry, he had the cops on call, ready, in full riot gear. Now, the police, they were able to keep the violence contained within these camps. But unfortunately, about an hour later, news broke out of what was happening within these camps and within the black section of Washington, D.C., riots started to happen. The police could not contain it. Yes, King, he did call for peace, but by 7 o'clock p.m., the city was in full chaos. Later on that night, when Nixon was asked by the press, what are your feelings about what's happening in D.C. at this time? He pointed his fingers at the protesters, saying they had no business being there in the first place. And King should be able to control his people better. When Kennedy was asked that same question in L.A. that very same night. And this is, by the way, after winning California and South Dakota and the Democratic primaries. He said that we need to come together as a nation. Poor, rich, black, white, man, woman, we need to heal. And yes, I said that right. He was in L.A. If you're unfamiliar with this date, this was supposed to be the day that Robert Kennedy was assassinated. But since there was so much chaos happening in D.C., and there were more questions being asked in L.A. at the time after his victory in California. And since there was a heightened security around Kennedy because of the things that were happening in D.C., one Sirhan Sirhan was not able to assassinate one Robert F. Kennedy that night. Yes, Kennedy, he still lives in this timeline. The riots, they did stop the next day. Dr. King continued to repeat his message, which did calm the masses 
down. He did suspect that this whole episode was staged, but he had no direct evidence. And also, because he thought this was staged, and because of the past assassination attempt on his life, this made King speak up even more about poor people in the Vietnam War, and again, human rights for all. Not just civil rights, human rights for all. He also endorsed Robert F. Kennedy as president, and yes, he may have guessed it, on November 5th, 1968, Robert F. Kennedy becomes the 37th president of the United States of America. He beat Nixon easily. Easily. Let's start to focus on January 1969 through 1972. Immediately in 1969, Dr. King started a call to bring all troops home from the war. He was also leading multiple protests under the name of human rights. Human rights. With RFK in office, he had an ally. And and Kennedy knew, for political reasons, that he had to keep King as an ally as well, too, just because of the black vote. And beginning in March of 1969, President Kennedy, he started the process to bring home our troops. In fact, he also started the process of ending the Vietnam War. By the way, the Vietnam War was somewhat of a black mark on his brother's presidency. So he had multiple reasons to want to end this war. In late 1969 and 1970, social reform bills were passed all across the nation. And they all helped to bridge the gap between the rich and the poor. Community social programs all across the nation especially in California, under the leaders of the Black Panther Party, they started to strive. In that same year, 1970, President Kennedy, he started a push to reform health care. Yes, back in 1970, with the help of Dr. Martin Luther King, because Dr. King believed in human rights for everyone, which means he believed in health care, should be a human right for everyone, even if you do not have money for it. The president, he started to push to reform health care. In fact, he pushed a bill that same year, starting in November. And because the Democrats, they controlled the House and the Senate at the time, the bill passed and became law in December of 1970, and it was going to be put into effect in 1971. After health care passed, Dr. King, he started to push President Kennedy to have free education when it comes to state universities. The president, he was a little less enthused about this bill. He did not want to push free education for everyone, but he knew that 1972 was an election year and the polls show that this new bill was popular. So he started the process. He did start the process. Enter one J. Edgar Hoover in his last act before his death. 
he was still director of the FBI until his death on May 2nd, 1972. So what did Hoover have in store? Well, if you did not know, in our current timeline, as well as in this parallel timeline, King and his whole entourage were always under watch from the FBI for years. Years, going all the way back to the 1950s. Photos, wiretaps, documents, any dirt they had on Dr. King, the FBI had, all directed by Hoover. Now, Hoover did this out of fear that King was going to turn this country into a communist state and he had communist ties. There were no direct ties. Hoover just felt this way and he knew just how to discredit King and his legacy. With these documents and wiretaps and photos, they knew that King was having multiple affairs with multiple women all across the nation. He also had a child out of wedlock and there was multiple other activities that really showed the dark side of Dr. King. And on April 15th, 1972, Hoover, he leaked all of these files to the most conservative newspapers and reporters. Per all of the documents the FBI had, as stated, yes, he had a child out of wedlock. The child was born on November 12th, 1969. The mother and baby boy, they were hidden from the public eye, of course, and paid a great amount yearly to keep the affair a secret. Once the news broke, she provided no comment to the press. King's name was not on the birth certificate. There are pictures of King with this woman. I'm not going to say her name just because she may still be alive in our current timeline. So to protect the innocent, I do not provide names. But I can say that there are pictures of King, the woman, and the baby in multiple pictures. Also with the audio tapes, it showed that King had affairs with up to 60 different women. The tapes and documents also showed how he liked to participate in sex orgies and the list goes on and on and on. It does not look good for Dr. King. Now, of course, King, he denies all of this, saying that the audio tape is not him. But unfortunately, the damage was done. President Kennedy, he immediately starts to move away from King, which politically he had to. This was an election year. But if you think about it, it is kind of ironic when you think about who his older brother was. This non-support did make a ton of black voters mad, and that is going to come into play. King's name and legacy was tarnished in the eye of most of Americans. Um, the blacks, they didn't believe the news. They said that King is being set up until King finally had to come forward and say, yes, the kid is mine. But even then, most blacks, they still supported him. There was only a few that kind of stopped following him after the news broke that, yes, he confirmed the kid was his. The next three months, America, the media, 
they could not stop talking about King. It was like OJ, R. Kelly, and Cosby mixed into one news story. Only you got to remove the piss, the pills, and murder. Many black activists like Jim Brown, Bill Russell, Kareem, and the Black Panther Party, they did support King, but unfortunately, his movement started to stall. In fact, the free education bill that he was pushing, it did not pass. And speaking of elections, RFK, he did lose the 1972 election, and it was due to the black vote. They did not come out to support him because most felt like he did not support King in his time of need. Kennedy, he lost to George W. Romney. George Romney, he is the former chairman of GM from 1954 through 1962. He was also governor of Michigan from 1963 until 1972, where he resigned in order to run for president. And you may be familiar with the last name Romney. Yes, he was the father of Mitt Romney. As for King, he still stayed active throughout the years. He did play a a small role when it came to apartheid and the Free South Africa movement. But overall, it just was not the same. He did die of natural causes on March 28th, 1998. And the biggest question in this parallel universe every American always had and it's one of the biggest what ifs in this parallel universe they always say what if Hoover never exposed King in 1972 would he have been the first black American president of the United States of America in the late 1970s and 1980s That's our show for the week. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to know more about histories, what if just head to our website, it's at www.historieswhatif.com. There you can find all of our old episodes, as well as the bio with myself, the Dr. Phillips and Pug. Also, we are on social media. We're on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Just look for at histories. What if? And please, one more time, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment, especially if you use Apple Podcasts. That is how we're able to grow our viewership. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. On behalf of Pug, I am the Dr. Philip Reese. We will talk to you next week on Monday. Take care. Bye.